We're joined here on the Count Report by Max Labart. Max, you've been so long in karting, I don't know that, well certainly for me, there's never been a time where Max Labart hasn't been involved. How did, how did you start in karting and in, in motorsport? Uh, karting, basically, uh, we had a, my father had a hotel out at Condobla and we started the Condobla and Gatecoat Club and uh, I was a budding engineer. Uh, I was going to cure everything that needed an engineer. Um, and make a long story short, we started the Condobland Club. We ran the first race meeting in New South Wales uh, on dirt at a track that the council graded for us on our hockey coach's property, would you want to know? Uh, a fellow by the name Oppie, and he said, oh, I've got five acres there, you guys can have it. And we graded this track in, we put on this meeting, the Apex Club supported us. And it was a great success. And uh, how I know it was the first one, because the day after they brought out the Speedway Act and our track like right, went nowhere near the parameters. So, shunk, shut the door. <laughs> and uh, we never had the money to take it up to the, to the then parameters, which were quite archaic. But we raced at Wollongong, uh, West Wyalong. Um, uh, Parks, I can tell you some good stories. Fella rang me from Forbes because she wanted an interesting story. And he said, You Max Labbit? Yeah, I'm Max Labbit. Do you know how to build a go kart track? Oh, well, I don't know why. He said, Would you come over and help us at Forbes? I said, Yeah, sure. He said, I'll come over and pick you up on Sunday. I said, Oh, you're going to pick me up? He said, Yeah, I've got a tiger moth. He said, I'll come home, up an aeroplane. He didn't say so. I'll come and pick you up. He said, So I'll meet you out at the Condobland Airport. So we did, and I got out there, and there's this bloody old tiger moth, mate, held together with more fence and wire than it had bolts. And uh, so he flew me back to Forbes in this tiger moth. Uh, I swear blind, I shut my eyes. I didn't think we were going to clear the control tower, honestly. Dead set. But we did, we went to Forbes, and we built a track inside the dog track at Forbes. Um, we had one at Parks, and West Wyland, of course, had the speedway. So we used to go and do speedway meetings. And uh, my mate who went with me at the time, a fellow by the name of Jeff Lawler, um, he decided he was going to go from go-karts to motorbike and ended up paraplegic. So I've never been on a motorbike since and don't intend to get on one. What year is this? Uh, around the early 60s. Early 60s. Um, I was, yeah, 59, 60s. Now, you eventually got to the big smoke yes, and became more and more involved in karting as you went on. What were the steps leading up to moving to Sydney and then getting involved in karting there? Yeah, well, I guess the first thing, of course, is you, you've got to establish yourself and have to get a job because all I needed, all I knew at them stages was how to drive a mob of sheep and uh, find a watering hole. And uh, driving certainly didn't suit me. Um, Anyway, when you come to Sydney, you've got to get a job and establish yourself. And I went to work for Tui's Brewery as a relief manager. And uh, I was shifting around different pubs and managing a variety of pubs in Sydney. So I, I missed go-karting uh, quite a bit. Um, eventually got married, uh, had the kids, um, got back into karting again uh, at Granville. Um, and 
and uh, with a nephew of mine, and, and we both went down there. Uh, and the thing I remember of Granville was a fellow called Cole Becker. And Cole, I think we all know Cole Becker, we all know the Beckers. But I tell the story, which was true, that we went down there as, and they used to run P-plate class or division in them days, and you all started in there until the clerk of the course thought you were good enough, and then he'd walk up and say, right, you're up tonight, you're up tonight. Mal Patton. So this night Mal come along and said, oh, you two blokes are up. So up we went to first grade. And I'll never forget, Cole Becker came past me that fast, I thought my motor had stopped. So at the end of the race I said to him, Jesus, who does your motors? And he said, why? I said, I want to get mine over there. And he said, do you reckon it's good? And I said, oh, he was, would you like to drive it? And I said, bloody earth. And in them days we used to run butcher's picnics, which is I'd use your cart, you'd use mine, and anybody went out on the circuit. At Canberra we used to run it backwards. Yeah, that'd be right, grand all the same. Anyway, um, out we went. Cole's in my cart and I'm in his and I swear blind he went past me just as quick. Um, and then he and I became quite friendly and, and I learnt a lot off Cole and, and uh, yeah, followed him through. I can remember the London Derry circuit uh, where we did a lot of racing and I've got a photograph at home of me chasing Peter Brock up the back straight. Um, yeah, London Derry was good for us. And then from Londonderry, uh, you know, you, you sort of fall into having kids and building homes and establishing a, your lifestyle. And it wasn't until Rodney, my son, um, sort of got a half interested that I got back into it again and actually joined down here, Canberra. Uh, that was in 80s, early 80s. And uh, we, we joined it through a club that we'd established in Mossvale, the Southern Highlands go-kart club. And Canberra was our base. Mm -hmm. And so, and we came to Canberra because it was the only place that you could race juniors. Um, you had 12 year olds, Rodney was 12. Mm -hmm. uh, you had to race down there, which we did. Um, and, and we had great success down here on the old circuit. Uh, I ran a set of, we built, it was quite funny, there was a bloke from Robertson. He thought he was the bee's knees, beat anything. And he used to run a set of twins. And this thing had two motors on it, sure, but he'd have a McCulloch motor on one side and a Perilla on the other or a Victor up the middle. or It was just a mess. But he was a real Scott and show-off. And, of course, he used to win every meeting because nobody else had twins. And, and I went home and I had an old blow chassis sitting in the corner and a couple of K88s. And Maxie King said to me, come on, we'll put it together. So we put together this twin and I said to him, well, you can drive the damn thing, I'm not going to drive bloody thing. So we brought it down to Canberra for the big meeting at Canberra and Max got in it and did one lap and come in and said, ha oh, not on this, it's too scary for me, I'm out of here. So I took it out and we actually won the day and, and uh, we set the lap record here in this set of twins and then somebody from Canberra came up to me and said, how much do you want for that? And it disappeared out of my life. Uh, but I've still got photographs of it. So that was good in them times, and Maxie King was a good fellow. We we went on after that to to put together a Formula V, and uh, I raced a Formula V for a number of years, uh, but didn't enjoy it. Uh, didn't enjoy it because you got three races on the day if you're on the weekend if you were lucky, and if anything went wrong on the track, the first class they dropped was Formula Vs. 
So you'd spend all this money, time and bloody effort getting to the circuit and they'd say, no, sorry, you're going back to one one race. (laughs) We're out of here. So we sold the V and went back to karting. You then worked your way into the the state um, organisation and you and, and your wife both at different stages had had positions in New South Wales Karting Council, I think it might have been called at the time. Yeah, both Martha and I, Martha too, she did a lot of work as a steward and she'd still do it today except she's not real well. Um, we were, first of all, officials and uh, we learned our officialdom under Ron Harradine and, and um, Silver. Uh, they taught, they were our mentors and teachers and they did a great job. And um, we did a lot of officially. Um, I got asked to join New South Wales because somebody thought I was a treasurer and I was as far from a treasurer as you'd ever want to know. I'd never been a treasurer and I wasn't an accountant, uh, but I'd run a few businesses that I knew about. And Richard Erdman was president and he rang me up one day and said, do you want to take on the treasurer's role? And I said to him, no, but I've looted it. And so I went in there and, and uh, I shouldn't say this on air, but uh, New South Wales at that particular time was in financial trouble in big way, mm-hmm. big way. And um, so we had to make a lot of manoeuvres to get it out of it. And one of the manoeuvres was to get Karting Australia to forego its debt to us. So they did. And... Uh, we were able to get the books signed and sealed and Department of Fair Trading off our back and all the rest of the... So this is late 80s? Yeah, late 80s. And um, as a result of that, we then got the whole thing back together and we paid back cutting Australia and owed nobody nothing and we started to move ahead with Richard and Simon, myself and Bob Gallagher and Russell. Uh, we were good team, good team. And... Um, I went, uh, I, the phone rang one day and Don, who was the president of Karting Australia, said to me, you better come home and have a look. I said, what's the problem? He said, my insurance is due on Friday and if I don't pay it, we don't race at the weekend. Said, so I went over and, and they had no money. Um, this is the AKA? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't that they had no money, it's just that their accounting system was such a mess that all the money was out in the paddock. States owed the national 190, 200 days. They weren't sending bills to people. And it was a mess, it was an absolute mess. And so I got another accountant and I recommended to me uh, a fellow from Queensland uh, whose son still races cars, V8s, uh, Walsh. He just put together an accounting package for Ipswich Club. RSL Club Service Club or something. And I said to him, geez, I reckon we can use that in karting. And, and so that's how CMS came about and how it was developed. And the purpose, the whole purpose of CMS was so that I as treasurer, I knew when you raced. So I could send your club a bill the next day. So you raced on Sunday, your club had a bill on Monday and I had the money on Friday. And, and that's how I, I got that all working. And that's got nothing to do with accounting. That's just pure business principles. That's all it was. And then uh, when I had that sort of almost finished and going, Rich, it was Richard Erdman and said to me, no, oh, bloody... He was dead against it for some reason. Anyway, he said to me, um, 
uh, you know, bloody good without a timing system. And so I said, I thought, right, we'll hook it up with AMB. So I rang AMB and they sent out two blokes from Holland to put together the, or to sell us a timing system. And I've never met three, geez, I don't think we can write this, three more arrogant people in my bloody life. Well, we won't say their names. <laughs> oh, mate. And at the end of the day, they said, yep, you can use our system. No, I want to hook into your system. No, we won't let you touch our system. But you can use our system. It'll cost you $70, $700 per car, per club, per year. That was $700,000 per year. And I turned to Scott and, and Warren, who joined me at that stage, after they'd gone, we gave a cup of tea and a bicky and said, good, we love you, we'll talk about it. And after they went, Scott said to me, mate, 700,000 and I'll build you the best race system you've ever seen. Hence, uh, CMS then got extended to the, the race system and the only input I had in that, I used to sit there and say, can the checkout check at Coles work it? Oh, it might be a bit difficult. Don't want to scrap it. And we got to a stage and the big person I had was it was a checkout chick, that's how they came about from Tasmania, I forget her name now, and Wendy Abbott, Graham Abbott's wife. I'm leaving, I'm not doing computers, I'm out of here. So Wendy, just stick around. And, and so I, Warren, Warren was great as far as development was concerned because we used to send it down to Warren, he would test it, bring it back, and then we'd send it up to Wendy. And Wendy would say, can't use that bloody thing, why not? Da, 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 da. And we change it and fix it. And and so it, it got huge ramification. So you were developing the CMS timing system, which was the first electronic timing system yes. for karting in Australia. In the world, yeah. Oh, in the world, right. And that was being done through AKA or was it being done through New South Wales? AKA, yeah. AKA. And that's why it was rolled out nationally? Yes, yes. We, and we rolled it out nationally and, and we did it nationally. Mm-hmm. And, and we were, I mean, Warren was extremely helpful. He, he kept working with Scott and, and the other guy. And I know a couple of these guys were from Canberra that did some of the programming. Scott for still lives here. Scott, yeah. yeah. In fact, I'll go and see him before I go home. Um, and uh, they're lovely people. But he's now, and I guess you'll have to be careful about Britain there, um, he's been frightened off by KA who's, who bought the system and just said, you do it and we'll see you in court. Mm-hmm. And Scott's one of them guys that said, I don't need to go near court, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Um, and so the, I'm very disappointed that the system has gone. And, and even now, they're now using the A and B system. Mate, it, they'll have to change that. And they'll have to change it because the average person can't use it. It still doesn't do random grids, and I can give you a lot of excuses, but they'll never ever do it. And the big one, AMB sitting there saying, thank you, we love you, send us some more dollars. And they'll only get bigger and worse. You've been through two massive um, upheavals in karting. The first one was the CAMS, AKA, I don't know if you call it split or if you call it um, uh, battle, but that was quite divisive in that early 90s. 
yeah, well, once we cured the cash flow problem and got CMS, our cash flow just was tremendous. Uh, we had money and, and good money uh, to the point where we were cutting back fees. When I first went in there, a licence was, I forget, 350 bucks, and I was determined to get it under 300 and we finally got it down to 289 I think, or 270 or like that. But CAMS was sitting in the wing saying, oh, look at all that money, look at all that money, we want that money. And the involvement, why CAMS was seeing it is because karting is an international formula and CAMS is the international governing body. So if you want to run international karting events, you've got to go through CAMS for their representation. Is that right? Yeah, we actually paid CAMS a fee. Their first call on the fee was hundreds of thousands. Uh, we... we jumped on them and said, I think we paid them twenty-three or $24,000 a year. Wow. And, and so we were then affiliated with CAMS, which meant we had to send them a financial report every year, which we did. And I used to go down every year to their major meeting and say, here I am, fire your arrows at me. But it was quite obvious they were very jealous of, of the amount of money that, that we had going through us. Um, and, uh, and this, is the, this is the takeoff point for any motorsport, really. It's the entry level. It's the participation level. It's the netball of motorsport. Well, it is, but I think where we, and I say we because uh, I think Richard and, and uh, Simon and Bob, Bob Gallagher was very valuable, um, were part of, we, we, well, we recognised that side, CIK, and certainly Richard and Simon wanted to get into that bag of fruit. Um, mainly all of us were just interested in the club. And, and what can we do to make the club work better and how the club's going to go and what have we got to do to get the club working? And, and some of the things we came up with were a bit harebrained, but they worked. Um, you know, I can't think of any sort of schemes off my head now, but we were determined to make the club championship a major factor. Um, what do you do now? You have the superstars and the series stars and some other stuff. We've got to get back to making the club championship where the guys want to go. Um, and, and we've got to get back to that, I feel. Um, we, we set about making clubs the big deal. Um, you had to cherish your club. The Victorians do. New South Wales seems to think, oh, they're all a mob of idiots. But um, Victorians, if you go into Victoria, and I had a lot to do in Victoria with hockey, because I played a lot of hockey, um, you know, the hockey club's down there. If you're a member of a hockey club, you're a member of a hockey club. And you live and breathe that hockey club. And same with their go-kart tracks and people in its clubs. But New South Wales was different in that, that respect. Um, but I enjoyed that. When did I give it up? Well, we had a big meeting at, at um, Coogee, where the Australian... Federal Sports Institute came up and said, right, you've got to get governance. You, you know, all you amateur people, buzz off. We're going to put professionals in and run the place. So this is post the CAMS, the CAMS bust up, or is this at the beginning of the CAMS bust post, up? Yeah, it's after yeah, the CAMS okay. bust up. So if we go back to the CAMS bust up, what right. did the CAMS, like the Sydney club, the Newcastle club and that sort of thing. The big clubs went with camps. Yes. The small country clubs pretty much stayed with the AA. 
with okay. the AKA. Yeah. What did that do to karting and how that was fractious was that to competitors and to membership? Yeah, well, at that stage, I wasn't terribly involved because I was getting married and having kids and building houses and, and being part of life and I had my own business and barrel and, and, and uh, karting sort of fell down the thing. So I don't have big memories of the CAMS thing other than, yes, it happened. Yes, there was a division. Yes, it wasn't good for the sport in any form, either way. Um, but I really don't know a lot about that side of it. Oh, OK, sorry. That's so anyway, the governance comes in and yeah, the federal ministers are going, we want all our sports run professionally, partly because they were trying to give more and more money to them, but they didn't know where it was going. And Richard um, wasn't interested. And so he sort of said, are you Labor? You're under that committee, you go and do that. So I went to the meeting at Coogee and, and uh, listened to it and it was just a whole diatribe about, you know, all you mugs have got to buzz off and... We're going to put doctors and lawyers and solicitors in place and they're going to run the show from here on in. And if you don't, don't come to us for any funding. We don't want to know you. And so it had to happen. And uh, while we disagreed with it, it happened. And then I was appointed with uh, Graeme Hancock from Queensland um, to finalise it all, to put it all together and make it all happen. And... and uh, I remember I've got at home still a letter from uh, Neil, the, the radio announcer for the V8 supercars, Neil Crompton, who said, uh, you're doing a great job, it'll be good to have you on board and well done, and if you need any help, this is my phone number. Um, so we went ahead and made it happen, uh, but we dropped out at a point where other people governed the election. And even when the election happened, I remember David Murray, who was the president of Victoria, and I'm still friends with David and we're great mates. He rang me and said, oh, guess who lined up to be Chief Sharan? I said, Mick Doohan. Now, I mean, let's face it, you're talking about a worldwide figure, motorbike champion, the whole bit. Went, hey, David, good stuff. Wrong, Labor, wrong been a disaster and this CEO they've now got mate yeah I couldn't say what I feel on Mike otherwise you might get sued I know you're not you would not might get sued you would get sued so so we'll let that go but the truth is that we give an amateur sport which is a lot of fun for kids and people and all that and we gave it to professionals who just don't understand that so we come to the second bust-up, Karting Australia and now New South Wales, Karting New South Wales, yes. have gone their separate way. Yes. That, it actually seems like that's actually worked for New South Wales. Well, I don't really know that from a, from a board point of view, because I'm not on the board. Um, I ducked onto the board for one sole reason, and that was to get rid of somebody, and I annoyed him and he left. And that, so I chewed my aim and said, thank you, now I'll go back to my, my workshop. Um, but it, the, the, the whole problem with uh, that arrangement is that carding New South Wales, there are lots of things that were done by carding Australia that were very suspect. Now, I won't say they're wrong, because I think that a lot of the stuff that they did 
was very good, but it was done wrong. It was done with an arrogant, obtruse, hit you over the head type style. And, and everybody said, you can't do that to me. And that's where the, the problem started. You've seen karting go from amateur to professional. Yes. What do you think of karting now as a, as a competition? You're still officiating, you're still looking at karts going around the track. How much has it changed since the late 60s? Oh, mate. I'm, I'm currently um, resurrecting, building, putting together what we call an Era 1 kart, which is Era 1 is the first karts. And, um, and I had to search Australia for a Series 1 Victor. Um, and, you know, everybody says, I've got a Victor, big deal. There's a big difference. Victor produced a lot of different motors, and so I had to go and find this Series 1. Um, tyres, where do you get tyres now? Where do you get wheels? Couldn't buy hubs. And so I've worked on this thing like you wouldn't want to know. And it's parked in my garage alongside of my brand spanking new CRG KT2 gold-plated uh, thing with a four-stroke super duper motor on it. And, mate, you've only got to look at the two of them and you just know that the karting has just changed so much. Is that good? I went and watched today. These kids that we're breeding today, their driving skills are beyond belief. If any one of our kids that are entered or a member of a kart club ever had an accident, you wouldn't believe it. You just wouldn't believe it. Some of the manoeuvres that they pull off, they scare you now, to be quite frank. Um, they're just so well um, trained. Educated? Yeah, a bit hard to get a message through them at times, but that's kids. We were no better. Um, but they can drive. And then you get move up the senior ranks and we're now driving this thing where you change gears six times going down the straight. Mate, um, you've got to be choking. Is that a go-kart? I mean, one side of me says, go away, guys, you should be driving Formula Fords or, you know, get out of here. On the other hand, it says, geez, that was a good race in this afternoon, wasn't it? It really was. And uh, those guys are heroes. And, and when you hear them come off that bend there, and that's scary, Ben, I can tell you a story on that one. Um, and, and pulling the top gear, you think, oh, where's this going to end? So is that good for the sport? Yeah. I don't think it's promoted right. I think the trouble with our promotion, both at national and state level, is that we promote to carters. We tell the carters how good we are. Uh, come on. We need to tell the people that are not carters how good we are. The best ad we ever run through my period on the national, we put an ad in the um, ANSET flight man magazine. You know magazine? It's in your pocket when you get in the plane. Mate, we got members out of that, and a lot of members. Um, I can remember people that used to go to all their, their local shows, and shopping centres and all that. We don't do it now. But, you know, you go to Parliament, and we, which we did when Oran Park closed. Bob Baker and I went to Parliament. And, and the questions you get from the parliamentarian, who's doing race go-karts? Yeah, are they still around? Mate, they don't know about it. Why? Here we got scouts who said, Bob Baker, we're going to get you a, 
Order of Australia medal. Great thing. Government knows about it. Public knows about it. Everybody knows about it. It's not. What are we doing in karting? None of that. Can't can't shift anybody up the range. That's well, some could say the clubs are too busy eating their own children with all the bickering. Oh, isn't that a good summary? Yes, yes. And we should be... People like Johnny Pizarro, although he did get recognised and he did go up the train, but there are a lot of others that deserve the same sort of thing. Um, I just showed you something that I got today, and, mate, that was right out of the blue and unbelievable. My wall and Martha's wall is, is adorned with appreciations and all the rest of it, and that's good. But today, when I received that from a kid who'd done it all himself, uh, just to thank me, mate, you can hear me tearing up now. Do you know how many racetracks you've run it? Have you got any idea? Yeah. Oh, do I know how many? Um, no, but I run in Perth, South. I run in just about every state, not every track, but every state. And in nine, in two thousand and something, I was lucky enough to go to America and, and drive in the Adams Vintage meeting. I drove a twin uh, SAE cart with twin Mac one hundred and one A's on it that Terry Ives had prepared for me. And uh, Terry was was a great friend of Faye. Ladyburg Fay, and and her and I still communicate every so often. Um, God love her, she's over ninety now, and always Terry, give me a cart ready. Adams is on next week, so she still has a run. We've lost Duffy Livingston, who was another mate of mine. Um, Duffy, when you won the American national titles, you were given a, a trophy, which was called a Duffy which was a statue of Duffy. And, and Duffy had little medallions made and they were handed out to special people. So uh, if he thought you'd done something really special for karting, he'd give you a Duffy. I'm the only bloke in Australia that's got a Duffy. So there you go. Um, and he was a great man. And he did a lot for this sport, um, as he did a lot for the world when he went to war and on aeroplanes and all the rest of it. But uh, he's now passed on, so we miss Duffy. We miss him quite a bit. But Faye's still around, God love her, um, and she's a real spark, yeah. Well, you're still a very active person. Yes. How did you go through the COVID-19 shutdown where karting shut up and most of the activities you would have been involved with just said you can't do them for, what was it, 80-something days? I have a wife that has a few problems. She has a form of can blood cancer and a few other problems. So, you know, for better or worse, you, you've got a responsibility to look after that. And um, that's not a chore. I would never put it up as a chore. It's something that I have to do and we have to do as a pair, and I enjoy that. So having, being at home and learning to cook was half a chance. <laughs> But I had so many things in the garage. I just loved going into my garage. And I'd had this Era 1 in, under the bench for quite a while. And I thought, oh, it's about time you came out. And, and so it's on the work floor at the moment. Um, I bought this four-stroke and I put it all together. Uh, my son and, and his mates uh, now run endurance and sprint guards. 
and um, I take my four stroke and come down with them and drive around here with two squirts around here on two weekends. I'm, I'm at competitive times, not to win, but I'd run with the pack. Um, but I'm a little bit worried that 80 year old I might cause an accident or couldn't get out of the cart quick enough or something. So I'll, I'll certainly do the over 40s later in the year uh, and I'll drive at that. Somebody's got to run last. But uh, racing all the time at club meetings, I think, you know, I've got to be a bit sensible. Got to be a bit sensible. What have you seen with the cart tracks? having gone from Knoblum where you graded it and uh, started racing to now what we've got here at Circuit Mark Webber. But in between times, you've seen, you know, Oran Park and Picton and all those, uh, Picton and then you've got Wollongong, all those other tracks as well. We've seen uh, um, Grenfell go from dirt to asphalt and now they've got some money to, to do some more work there. Orange has just gone from strength to strength from where it started. What have you thought of that development? Um, yeah, the, our biggest problem, and I've been to all those tracks, and I've been to the opening of most tracks. I went to the opening of Bathurst when it went to Cherry Tree Hill. Uh, I was at the opening of, of uh, Newcastle. Uh, and, oh, man, it was cold mixed tar. And I remember after the first heat, I don't think I had any paint left on the, on the chassis. Um, and, and yeah, most tracks in Australia I've been to at the opening of or very soon after the opening of. Um, but the biggest problem that we have got in karting is we do not have a track in the Sydney metropolitan area. Now, Gary Holt's going to kill me for saying that. And Gary Holt, when he built his circuit and he put it, mate, he was worth a million dollars. It was, a, it was all his bag of fruit. He pushed it. I remember going at it to an international there. What a great meeting, what a great track, what a great facility. But unfortunately, it's owned by Gary. And and Gary's perfectly entitled to own it and perfectly entitled to make a quit out of it. But we need a club-owned facility in the Sydney Metropolitan Basin. Full stop. And there is none. And, and when you think there used to be something like 17, Russell tells me, I can't remember 17, but I can remember 10 or 12. Um, they're not there anymore. They're gone. They're gone. And and doesn't it annoy you when we were at a party over at my daughter's place the other day and the four kids are sitting in the corner banging on their phones and I said to them, hey, you two have a talk. Oh, we are, Dad. We are. We're talking. And they, t mate, get up and go and have a drive in a go-kart? Don't think so. And so I think we've got problems in those areas where the world is headed. The fact that we haven't got a facility in the biggest city in, in Australia. Uh, why? Because we have never promoted. When, when we walked out of Camden Club, ASI, which there's a story there about it's put together, but we walked, or they walked out of there with a lot of money, a lot of money for the day. And instead of saying, right, let's go and buy another block of land and establish ourselves and we'll get club and poker machines and all the rest of the junk that you've got to have these days to make a quid. No, they put it on, they put it on an international 
race meeting at Oran Park. Great meeting. International stars from all over the world and walked out of there broke. And that was, in my opinion, that's where karting is making a mistake. To come down here to Canberra and see what you guys are doing here is just a thrill. Um, because you're developing something. I've raced, I said to Eddie um, when I was up here on Monday, mate, I've now raced on your three forms. I raced on your original one, your second one, and your third one. And his comment was, and I hope you're around when the fourth one's down. And, and I would like to be too. So you guys have put an effort in um, to give a facility to the kids and the people and, and the karting fraternity. Um, you've got a facility that people say, gee, might take up karting. Um, there's a few issues with that. I mean, my son's kart, right? Try 12 grand, add a trailer, add all the gear. Mm, getting a bit expensive. So I think there's quite a lot of issues that karting needs to face. Is our new board up to it? I'm disappointed that we said, or the, the, the Institute of Sport says, right, all you carters, buzz off. We're now going to have professionals. And so carting New South Wales said, yep, yeah, we'll win that. We'll go and get all these professionals. Uh, no, 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 we're back to carters on the board, basically. We've got one or two professionals. But in my opinion, the pre professionals say, yeah, you want me to run this? This is a kid's sport. I don't want to know about that. Go away. Now, thankfully, we've got a couple of people who said, well, we're interested in going forward with it, and they're doing a marvellous job. But it seems, though, it's very hard to get somebody who's keen to come and work on a board when they don't consider the sport is worthy of their talents. Right? And so I believe that the Carters have got to rear up on their hind legs and say, hey, we want our sport back. Swimming did it. Uh, rugby union's gone through it. Uh, rugby league's gone through it. Um, these sports have sort of said, no, 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 we're going to be run by our members, not by the local doctor who's got three, 43 letters after his name. Um, and I believe Carding's got to get back to that. Having said that, I'll reiterate, there's some bloody good members that we've currently got on the board um, that I'd hate to lose, um, but I rate them as Carters. <laughs> um, that's where they go from, yeah. Max, it's always a pleasure to have a chat with you and look forward to having many more in uh, the years ahead. Yeah, well, you too, because of course I grew up when you were dad. Was it dad or grandfather? Grandfather. Grandfather was, you know, we used to go out to Sydney Showground every Saturday night, and dad was the hero out there, and he certainly was our hero. Him and often ours is, uh, always rings true. And, uh, yeah, so it's good to talk to you. We share the same uh, blood vein, I suppose, somewhere along Max Labor, thanks for your time here on the Cut Report. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you.